Hi, everyone. I'm here with Jeff Wessinger from Point Click Care, and we're here talking today about COVID-19 and the Point Click Care real-world data capabilities. Why don't we start by asking Jeff a little bit about his role at Point Click Care. Uh, I know he leads the Lighthouse Initiative, and, and he, maybe he can tell a bit about how that came about. Yeah, sure. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Um, great to be here. Um, yeah, my name is Jeff Wessinger. I am uh, with Point Click Care, and as Dan said, I lead the Lighthouse Initiative. What that is is the an initiative to take the EHR data uh, from our database, which is focused on long-term healthcare, and make that data available to life sciences uh, companies uh, for the purpose of real-world evidence research. Um, so, Point Click Care historically, um, yeah, has been in the EMR business, but um, Oddly enough, in the 25 years that they've been running, have not uh, considered the idea of taking this to life sciences, obviously to providers, you know, hospital systems and to their customers, but not yet to life sciences. So over the last couple of years, we've developed a strategy to get uh, the appropriate BAAs in place with our customers to do right by them. And then to um, put this data set together, um, curate the data so that it would be relevant for research. So my role is, is, is to head up that uh, commercial endeavor for PCC. So maybe we'll step back and can you give us a, a feel for what Point Click Care is and, and what kind sure. of use clinicians use it for? Yeah. So, you know, it's a Point Click Care is a privately owned Canadian company. Um, they got uh, into the SaaS software game uh, very early. So they, they created a, uh, both a SaaS offering and a associated pricing model that ver worked very well for long-term healthcare. So if you, if you know anything about industry and skilled nursing homes uh, specifically, uh, most of what they buy is on a per resident day basis. And so um, to, to align with that buying model, um, Point Click Care created a pricing option that, that priced their software on a per resident day basis. So for pennies per resident day, they get equipped themselves with everything they needed from a software perspective. Effectively, it becomes the ERP for their facility, right? So everything from billing, trust management, care management, um, you know, uh, everything that the facility needs in order to operate um, and, and take care for their patients is provided there. So, you know, in the last 25 years, they've managed to capture about 70% uh, plus of the skilled nursing facility market. Uh, about 60% of the assisted living market, and have recently entered into the home care market, which is an emerging market. Uh, a lot of players there yet, but intend to um, um, be a leader in that space as well. So as I said, you know, because of that robust data set and the types of patients that are in it, um, the idea to create a novel um, offering from the EMR patient data um, is where Lighthouse comes in, and we feel that that data uh, fills a critical gap between the ambulatory care EMRs and the acute care EMRs that hasn't been served in the market before. So now we can track these patients longitudinally across a longer continuum. So that's where uh, you know PCC intends to enter this uh, patient data space. And, and as we all know, COVID nineteen is probably the, the the dominant issue of our times. Um, tell us more about what's in the data set you have around COVID-19 and, and why it might be enriched in a different way than other data sets. Yeah, as I said, it's, it's, a, it's a 
completely unique data set to, to what you would see in acute care or ambulatory care. Uh, obviously, as it relates to COVID, you know, you, you might consider that long-term care was the epicenter, at least in the U.S., uh, for this, this uh, disease. So it's, it's, and if it's not the epicenter, it's definitely been disproportionately impacted versus the general population. Um, so we have, you know, a very high-risk population uh, in general. Um, and then we have a high density environment. We have, um, you know, from a comorbidities perspective, we have an average of eight comorbidities for any of these patients. So it's, uh, you know, it, it's definitely no coincidence that we've had a significant impact. So the database, as of a couple of days ago, we have 135 patients that have been diagnosed with COVID-19. Um, and we have at least one case in over 4,300 of the facilities that we serve so far. So a very high percentage, um, which is not good, obviously from an industry or facility perspective, but uh, tends to be very good for anybody that's looking to research this type of patient. So, um, you know, we are working closely with a number of organizations to do specific research on this uh, important area. And um, yeah, hopefully we can do some good with it. So did I catch it correctly? You said 135 or 135,000? Sorry, 135,000 patients and 4,300 facilities that have at least one patient. Wow, that's quite a lot of data. Yeah. Um, what sort of unique information is available in that data set? So we, we obviously, as most EMRs do, you know, we have a, a very detailed um, and extensive patient record. Um, the unique part about a long-term care database is that we have longer stays than would generally be there for acute care. And so, you know, what you see is that you've got therapy, therapy and treatment information that include very detailed care plans. So plans that aren't necessarily, you know, go for surgery, but over a longer period of time, this is how we're going to care for the patient. You know, that includes not just medication administration, you know, but other daily activities, you know, that, that uh, care professionals would undertake. And it's very specific and, and outlined for them. So they very much follow a plan for each patient. So we've got that. And then on the other hand, we also have, you know, very detailed outcomes, again, at very small intervals, almost at the shift level. So you can measure vitals over times smaller than days. You can measure incidents that happen with these residents. Other specific assessments like uh, a typical one in long-term care is uh, an activities for daily living score that, that measures the ability for the resident to conduct their own, you know, daily activities, you know, like ambulating or using the, the, the bathroom or being able to dress themselves. These kinds of scores uh, are typical in these assessments. You know, other detailed assessments like cognitive screeners, um, other screening tools are all available as well. So you, you tend to have a very detailed level of therapy data and a, and a much more detailed level of outcomes that can be measured. Um, and, then, and again, because of the long-term uh, nature of these stays, um, you know, you can study patients on, a, on a, a longer scale longitudinally than is typically available. You've been, um, been working with some groups like Mayo Clinic, CDC. Tell me more about what, what groups are already trying to do with the anonymized data. Yeah, so there, there's been obviously a lot of groups that have approached us. A lot of people have approached us to uh, get their hands on this data, specifically the, uh, the COVID patients. Um, so Mayo Clinic specifically uh, is a study by uh, them is looking at understanding 
post-ICU outcomes. So after they leave the hospital, you know, what, what type of outcomes are they dealing with, you know, post-COVID, post-being in that intensive environment. Um, so there's a big study that uh, we're helping with there. Um, the CDC and then more broadly CMS, CMS and, and HHS are, are looking to understand the disease, um, you know, progression. Um, they're looking at mortality rates um, within nursing homes. They're really looking to understand in general how it's impacting these homes and how they might create guidelines, you know, to better um, uh, aid these organizations down the road. Um, and, and maybe even uh, apply some legislation based on, on that research. So we are providing uh, data to those organizations. Other life sciences organizations uh, have also um, inquired and some are already using the data set with the COVID diagnosis as an extra parameter. Um, but yeah, our intention is to, to help uh, as many of these organizations as we can to better understand this disease and, and how to deal with it. And you know, what have you seen out there that is exciting in terms of real world studies and research around COVID-19 what, beyond what you're already doing? Yeah, so, I mean, the obvious one, um, you know, if you look at what pharma companies want to do with their existing therapies, so if they've got products that are already in line or available in the market, what's the impact that they're having on this disease, right? So if there are patients that are already on either your vaccine or your therapy, Maybe it's not indicated, obviously, for uh, COVID, but to see if there are any correlations. So if you do have a correlation or, a, you know, a better mortality rate, you know, like we, we saw potentially with uh, the BCG vaccine or hydrochloroquine, um, uh, those are two examples of some that have been studied extensively. But really anybody that has a drug that's out there that we can look at and, and see if we get a change in outcomes that's significant um, you know, from the baseline. I think that's the, the interesting and, and I think um, most uh, obvious use case that we're seeing. I am curious, do you have a way to determine mortality or is that a tricky variable? Because I know that's hard in a lot of data sets. Yeah, I mean, obviously we, we have it, I think in terms of providing it, certainly to uh, government organizations like uh, HHS and CDC, we can provide it. Um, I think we can provide it. I know we can provide it in aggregate form um, and specifically for studies like this, that's how it would be provided. But yeah, we definitely have the attribute. Um, but depending on expert opinion, you know, we may not be able to provide it, you know, longitudinally at a specific patient uh, level. Great. And what else do you envision groups doing with the point-click care data? You know, a little bit maybe beyond what you've seen so far. You've been planning on this for a while. Yeah, I think the, you know, obviously, because of the demographic, I think you can look at diseases that disproportionately impact this, this population as areas that we would look at. So um, I think top of the list is neurologic disorders, you know, whether that's Parkinson's or Alzheimer's, or I think more broadly dementia in general. I think those are areas that we have a very um, robust set of patients that could help with that research. So that one seems obvious, um, but you know, not limited to those. So you know, cardiology, respirology, diabetes, you know, uh, immunology, um, and and even some rare diseases that impact this population. I think would be areas that we would uh, definitely see interest in, and, and we have customers using it for. Um, the second thing is because 
you know, I, we're not just a data set, as I explained, point click care is first and foremost in the HR. So prospective studies and the ability to use our custom assessments and forms uh, for putting out screening tools, for putting out specific care plans by disease. Um, I think that's an area where pharma companies can create their own data sets, right? So they can, at, at once they can give back by providing the screener, providing the, the therapy description and, and, and what makes the most sense. And then also get back the data from, you know, that specific assessment, which will help them enhance in the future. So um, we're already doing that with a couple of customers, uh, Acadia with their PDP screening tool. And uh, we look forward to doing that with, with uh, many other pharma companies in the future. And then lastly, I think where we're just starting to look at opportunities is for clinical trial recruitment. Uh, so obviously there's a, a complicating factor in terms of privacy and notifying the patient that there's a, a clinical trial, but I think we have some, some really good ideas about how we can do that notification and still respect that. Um, and I think there's a tremendous opportunity to get patients involved early on in some of the, the new research that's happening. So you know, those are the three areas that I think we look forward to participating in uh, moving forward. Great. Well, Jeff, it's been excellent having you on. Um, you know, we're looking forward here at Graticule and partnering with Point Click Care. I think there's lots of opportunity and, uh, you know, especially in COVID for the short term, but in the long term, these sound like great concepts. So awesome. thanks for taking the time. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. Catch you soon. Thanks, guys. All right, do we have to cut it? <laughs> right, oh, do we lose you, Dan? No, no, I stopped recording. Okay, yeah.